0: Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of Four and Half, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the show. The topic today is how to position your property management company for a successful exit. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one and I have, um, I'd say one of the brightest minds and most respected minds in the industry today, um, Andrew Propst is here uh, to help us kind of investigate this topic, dig in deep. He's got tons of experience. I mean, let's start with something uh, that simple as going from 200 to 4,000 properties for his, his company, Park Place Property Management, in eight years, right, Andy? Did I get that right?
1: That's correct. That's that's very nice of you to say all that stuff, Alex. Well, <laughs> it's
0: it's, tr- it's the truth, right? You and I just spoke last night and you said uh, that within the last 12 months, you guys were able to add something around 1,000 properties
1: organically? That's correct.
0: 1, That's amazing. Well, actually,
1: yeah. Let, let, me, let me correct you. So it was probably, probably close to 700 organic doors and maybe 400 uh, through, a, through a local portfolio purchase.
0: That is still an unbelievable yeah. number.
1: Last year was crazy to say the least yeah and and
0: just so let me continue kind of like there's other th- qualifications i'd like to list so so again our listeners get um get a little bit of a uh that have met you a little bit and know who you are so you know andy is narpum past president you know that that was a significant role and narpum organizes what about six thousand property management companies um you know and i th- i saw narpum almost took take taking a leap during your leadership that's that's a separate podcast but that was good um a movie was made after you wasn't it
1: that's that's correct uh the movie the seratov approach was was made after an incident that i had uh while serving on a mission in, in russia no kidding right so we could, we could do this whole thing Paruski. but let's not freak
0: out our listeners any further. Okay. okay. But that was pretty awesome. So he speaks another language, um, um, and and now Andy is a CEO of uh, Home River Group, and um, uh, we'll talk about Andy's venture in just a minute, and, and kind of dig into the topic. I, w- I do want to mention quickly the two sponsors we have. Um, you know, first one is Four and a Half. Uh, you know, that's my company. And what we do is we solve growth for property management companies. Uh, we're a digital marketing agency, and that's the single purpose we have is to help property management companies grow. The second sponsor, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about them in um, later in the show, is PM Growth Summit. And it's really an annual conference in a community for growth-minded property management entrepreneurs. And we'll talk more about that. Andy attended last year. We'll chat more about that during the Ross. break. Yeah, awesome. So let me kick this off with some with a killer question. This is going to be I mean, we could take a whole podcast answering this question, but I want to I want to get your take on this. What size do you need to be to meet your financial goals upon exit?
1: Boy, you know, that that is a good question and that could take a long time. But first let me say just, you know, thank you for the kind words and thank you for all that you do for uh, the property management community in general, you mentioned the uh, PM grow summit, which was just a really refreshing conference. There was a lot of good new content in that conference. And um, I just, I just, I, I, that was one conference I took a, more away from than any conference I attended in a long time. Uh, I took a lot of the information that we took from that conference, took back to some NARP and people and said, Hey, there are some areas where we could get better here. Uh, these PM grow guys know what's going on. So um, man, that was a great conference, and thank you for your kind words. I'm I'm humbled beyond uh, belief. Yeah, thank you. But so so the question again is, um, go go ahead. I, what size
0: I, I, do you need to be? So as a business, as a property management business owner, entrepreneur, what size do you need to be to meet your financial goals upon exit? In other words, give some numbers up.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the answer to that is how much how much do you want to exit with, right? Ah, I knew you'd say uh, that. Yes, of course. I mean, that's that's the answer. I mean, we all have different needs. Um, but it's a very important question, Alex, because it's probably a question that 80% of property managers never even ask themselves. They look at it as a, you know, or property own, property management owners, they look at it as a, as a source of income. And obviously, their, their business is a source of income for them. But all of us who own a business should, ev- should eventually prepare to get that business to be sold. Um, and the sooner you start, typically, the better, in my opinion.
0: So, so okay, let's let's put some numbers out. Five million. I want to exit, Andy. I need to exit with five million. What sort of, let's say, an average rent is? I don't know, uh, eighteen hundred, whatever. Let's not okay. get into the deep math here. But like, no, what yeah. size do I need to be to exit at five mil? Um,
1: roughly. W- look, if there's. At, at Home River Group, obviously, our company, we do acquisition. We're, we're acquiring property management companies and property management assets, uh, meaning doors, contracts all over the country. So first of all, we got to dis- decide, hey, is you know if if we're doing this deal, is it something that um, we want to take that person with us, right? And that and if, and if it's a if it's a platform deal, which is a which is a deal where we buy the company, all the assets, all the people in place, and we bring that on to Home River Group. We're probably going to pay a little bit more than that than somebody that says, "Hey, you know, I've got a couple hundred doors and I want to get out of the business, just buy That's my contract, doors." Right? Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're selling your whole company, a platform, uh, for example, um, you know, we our our model is we we based on EBITDA. We're an EBITDA margin multiple company. So we value your company based on the profitability. Uh, we take out a few things. And uh, we make we 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 make a multiple. Of so, that. what's the
0: unit size I need to be to get five mil? Not from Home River Group, but on the
1: open market. Yeah, boy, I would say. Give me a number. And, yeah, without, if if we're not if we're not we're leaving management fees aside, just to give you an answer. I mean, five five million dollars. You're probably looking at two thousand to twenty five hundred doors. Fair depending enough on the market.
0: Fair enough. I just wanted to get a size. So, guys, if you if you want to exit at five million, you got work to do. Uh, and if you are already at that size, you potentially can get that number. No guarantees, right? It could be ten or could be two, right? It depends right. on the company and profitability. Which yeah, we're I mean, gonna there's, get into there's a next. lot of
1: companies that have a lot of doors, right? And they manage them for three or four percent. Well, your number is going to go down. So, it, it, a lot of your your business, you could be you could be at a thousand doors and sell at five million if your profitability is there. So, and then then that takes
0: us to the next sort of a point. This one I I actually I, I don't know how to answer but do as as so if you, if I'm building my business to exit eventually Andy do I focus on sort of profitability of those properties do or do I fo- focus more on the top line revenue that the properties will bring in and worry about profitability later just in other words top line to bottom line what is my ma- main focus right now
1: Boy, I mean, both, both are important, but typically when it comes down to um, you know, buying companies, the bottom line revenue is, is what's most important. Uh, you wanna generate a lot of revenue, obviously, but what, what matters is what kind of falls out at the end. So, um, you know, people, people, people base, base their company's success. I mean, you opened up the, the show with how many doors. Well, who cares how many doors I have if I'm not making any money? Uh, people aren't interested in buying companies that aren't, aren't, aren't proven that they can make money. Ah, uh, there's there's companies like ours and other companies out there that can buy buy property property management companies that aren't making money and maybe make some adjustments and change that, but to get your maximum value, you want to make sure that bottom line uh, is where you want it to be.
0: Hmm. And 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 so so bottom line meaning like let me just define this: is it profit or is it top line revenue? Is it fees? Bottom line profit profit so when you said that HRG home River group buys or, or evaluates based on EBITDA which is what can you define that a little bit so we yeah. can understand
1: earnings earnings before taxes depreciation and amortization Earnings before taxes yeah exactly what I just said so so
0: it, basically if you run your P l that's the bottom line before depreciation it's
1: basically the bottom line we take out we take out certain things that don't really affect the uh, the number right personal items uh, amortization taxes all that stuff gets gets moved out you get a dollar, you get a dollar amount on there. And then based on your profitability margin. So if you have a higher profitability margin, uh, we'll pay a higher uh, multiple. If it's a lower profitability margin, which again goes to the point that the bottom line is it really matters uh, in in selling your business.
0: Okay. Okay. This is, this one is again, uh, my curiosity. I'm sure the listeners would appreciate this. Um, Check this out, check this scenario. So I know a couple Narpo members, property managers. You know, they manage 80 to 120 properties. They're immensely profitable. They do very well for themselves. Um, versus I know companies like, who were 80 to 120 properties, and they're now 500, 700 properties. They may not be making as much money, but they're actually investing all that, in, instead of actually taking home all that pay, they're recycling and putting it back in the business and right. growing. Um, you know, I think you know it's fairly clear now that I'm speaking about it that being five to seven hundred unit property management company four or five years down the line will be will be sort of will, will command a higher acquisition, higher exit. Or is it not necessarily? I mean, would you consider buying super profitable hundred and twenty unit portfolio versus a four hundred unit property that is less profitable for the same price? I mean, is that even is that even possible?
1: Yeah, I mean it does. It does seem a little strange. And based on based on the due diligence and what the numbers say, um, we we have paid a, a pretty high premium for portfolios, um, and we paid a very low premium for, for for portfolios. So the door the door the door count doesn't as ma- matter as much as you know the all the the overall performance of the company.
0: Ah, so okay, but do you guys and, and this is one thing as an acquirer, when you sell a property management company and somebody buys a company. Isn't their idea that you will add efficiency and you can make, sort of, some of the less profitable ventures more Absolutely. profitable?
1: Yeah, and we—I we, touched on that a little bit earlier. Is that if if there, if there is a portfolio or a platform company that wants to sell, um, you know, they're having they're having a hard time with with the profitability of the company, uh, you know, and, and our companies and I know, other companies buy on what's your what's your what's your past look like, but also what's the future look like? If maybe we can add some things in here, or there's there can be some minor changes in here, then if we can perform that those that that uh, performance out, then we will we will pay for a, a brighter future.
0: Got it. Not just focusing on top line and not just focusing on bottom line. Although, but you know, bottom line is is critical here if you want to get a you know a higher rate, a higher right. you know a higher exit.
1: Okay. Yes, and then and then and there's other there's other companies that do you know there's companies that buy per door you know there's companies that buy on you know I've heard I've heard of one times gross revenue one and a half times gross revenue uh, you know five times um, you know profit margin whatever that is I mean there's a there's a billion different ways to do it Uh, but the typical way is let's look at the let's look at the bottom line add a multiple to it without making it too complicated sure. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to figure out what the value of your business is on the open market.
0: Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Okay, so EBITDA. Um, now this is you know as a marketer myself and somebody who, you know, sees property managers invest so much time and effort into organic growth and, and park place. You know, done phenomenal with that. Um, and and uh, you know, how do, how much does marketing, search position, brand, historical growth matter in the exit
1: value? You know, and that, that, that depends, that really depends a lot on the buyer and what they plan on doing with the business. You know, for us, it means, it means quite a bit. You know, we, you know we're in, we're, we're our company, for example, eventually we'll rebrand. So in the future, it might not mean as much as it does right now. But if you're, if, if you're selling to just some guy that wants to take over your business and just start running your business, that's, that to me is worth a lot. You know, positioning on the market, uh, the reputation of your company, where you rank on Google, those things in a relationship business, which property management is, let's be honest, mm-hmm. those things are really important. Um, and but you know, if if, if those are if those are areas that you struggle at, that doesn't mean your business isn't isn't, isn't worth uh, a lot of money still. But those things are important to people that are looking to buy. And when we're when we're buying platform opportunities versus the versus portfolio, we are looking for for, for some of that stuff for sure.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so it does matter, but you have to have the right buyer that, that sort of, uh, instead of buying just a portfolio of properties and ingesting them into the existing brand that values the whole platform, you know, they can sunset your brand later, but, you know, the, all the reputation and, and the and the Google search positioning and, and, and historic growth rate will sort of continue.
1: Yeah, and typically buyers that are buying businesses, they want to buy businesses that are at least growing, They're going in the right direction, right? So if you don't have those things, in place and you're and you're and you're not growing uh you know buyers can can see that and that's going to cause your value to probably go down
0: right because just, you know, just the desperation a little bit rather than uh, yeah like, hey i gotta
1: get rid of this thing yeah yeah there's there's uh the the the, the gators are coming in or whatever so
0: they, <laughs> uh speaking of gators yeah nice um let's not go there so uh, <laughs> the um y- y- you know quality of the property i just, let's be honest here. And, you know I, there's some companies out there, you know, let's that call names, they have a portfolio of, you know, the, the sort of scrappy, you know, right. B, B, C sort of properties. There's, you know, multifamily, you know, some single family in there uh, versus somebody who has really paid attention and, and only gotten, you know, top of the best of the best properties. Right. Um, there's a big difference in price for
1: those, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And that's why I feel like some, the dollar per door, uh, model is, is a little flawed because that could be a huge, huge game changer from, you know, buying a property management company in Memphis, Tennessee versus, you know, San Diego, California, right? Um, your, 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 your dollars per door are going to be a lot higher in California than they are in Memphis, for example. Not that I love Memphis. There's just, their rents are a lot lower. Um, you know, and there, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot more rough areas. So it's, it's 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 important to grow your business doorwise but it's it's so important to maximize the value of each door uh, through hard work, you know, good fair management fees and ancillary revenue um, on the owner side and on the tenant side. And if you're able to maximize those things, we talked about this last night for example, Alex. Um, you go you go to a you go to a NARPM conference, you go to an IREM conference, you go to PM grow grow summit for example, and you walk back, you go back with a, a list of things you want to do, but you get into the day-to-day, you forget all about it. And you don't add those that additional revenue per door, uh, but then you want to you want to you want to exit at the highest amount you, you know you can get for your business. It, it just doesn't happen. So you have to you have to implement things that's going to uh, grow the value per door, um, and you'll 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 get to where you want to be. Yeah.
0: So let's actually let's actually dig into here a little bit um, and flesh this out. So ancillary fees you call them I'm gonna if you don't mind I'm gonna introduce a new term um, to I don't all like right. the word ancillary that doesn't sound like they're, they're bringing value I like value add. that's what folio calls them value at services I like okay. that um, so the value at services because it seems to me you guys price based on EBITDA meaning that you're actually taking those value at services and Paying them all. And, 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 and yeah And yes, appraising them at the value that they deserve because they showed continuity and they showed, you know, opportunity and stuff like that. So, somebody like Brad Larson, who's been on the show, you know, Brad, right?
1: Yeah, we're bald brothers. (laughs)
0: Uh, He's the better looking one, right?
1: It doesn't say much about Brad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, he, you know, he's, I think his number is something like 60% of his revenue comes from value add services. what do you see, uh, where do people usually fall into? I mean, he's obviously, he's called,
1: you know, monster implementer on all these things, but. Nowhere close. I mean, man, if, if, if we find a company, if we're underwriting a company and they're 50% management fees versus quote unquote value add services, uh, that's that's refreshing.
0: What What is usually, what do you see as a sort of kind of a common ratio?
1: Probably the, probably the flip side, 40-60 instead of 60-40. Still significant, but so a, a good, Manager. But- it also depends on if they're, you know, for buying people that are in NARPM. I mean, at least those people are 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 sharing ideas and getting new ideas. If you're buying somebody from somebody that doesn't belong to an association, an association. I mean, to us, people that belong to associations and you know, pride themselves in learning this business, there's a value to that, you know. And and so when they're when they're able to learn those things and and implement them into their business, it means real dollars at the exit, real dollars.
0: Yeah. And a value add sounds to me, a lot of people, so, so, you know, uh, for those of you who are listening and looking to exit within the next 12 months or so, you got, you got to find the right buyer because I hear people diminishing the value add and, and some of the other people who buy, you know, who actively seek uh, uh, to acquire property management companies, they say, Hey, I, I you know, I'm going to only pay, you know, what I see as a management fee times, you know, 18 right. you
1: know, times 12. Yeah. And that's, just, just, just so you know, you're clear on the past. I mean, that is, uh, believe it or not, that's how a lot of the acquisitions happened in the past, where people were getting out of the business. They pay them 12 times the management fee or 18 times the management fee, and then they would be paid over time. Well, with what's what we've seen recently in the business, that's that's very that's starting to change uh, with the different buyers that are out there right now. So mm-hmm. that's where I think that comes from. And, yeah, it's, and uh, I, the, a lot of the buyers that are out there right now value those 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 fees for sure yeah it's
0: an it's an amazing business with their current revenue and consistency that's hard to match and absolutely you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear the the platform all that investment in marketing growth implementing this value add services or ancillary fees um uh, really is going to pay off for the right business owner when they're ready to exit it's going to pay off uh, big time so that's good news yes um excellent so maybe we'll take a pause here um and i'll talk a little bit real quick about the pm growth summit um you know the conference is gonna it the first inaugural one happened in january of last year of this year in um palm beach florida uh we are planning the next one in san diego uh january 2018 don't have the dates yet um i was gonna reveal the dates but they're not we're not locked with a hotel yet with the venue so those, those are coming um you know we had i mean we had. we had ground i mean unbelievable presentations by unbelievable speakers i mean they ask you answer by marcus sheridan you know science of growing rent roll by ben white and ben white guys in australia he is uh he's sort of uh andy props of australia if you if you might if, if i may um he is a really good guy really smart forward-looking um p- person he wrote three books and so we were lucky to have him as a presenter Building Business Development Team by Dennis Youssef. He's a BDM coach. He talked about two, two full one-hour-and-a-half sessions on how to build a BDM team. You know, Building investment Investor-Focused Brand with Doug Skipworth, and, and 22 more. By the way, so if you want to see and check the quality of the content that you'll receive on your you know, upcoming PM Growth Summit, go to pmgrowthsummit.com and request full access it will cost you 299 bucks to get access to all the professional videos you know our notes and uh uh, the presentation slides but people who've attended andy by the way uh get that for free i'm sure you've already had access to that i actually seen you log in so uh yeah if you guys want to check it out um it's a one-time fee for you to get access to all of the 2017 content and uh the next uh we'll we'll have an announcement once we have the dates um so yeah, that's good. So let's uh, let's talk
1: about. Um, and by the by the way, Marcus Marcus Sheridan was worth the price of admission, and everything else was just gravy. Isn't he? I mean, is uh, I, mean, I
0: I know you know a lot about a lot, but this guy, this guy did open my eyes in a lot of ways when oh, I yeah. when I initially found him, and and it's, every time is just it's he's very interesting and speaks the truth.
1: It's it seems like the best ideas are the most simple ones, you know, and it's just like when he was talking about just people are going to go to your website and they're going to look for answers and you know what you know what they're looking for. So if you provide them without, you know, having to make them look for them, they they're, they're going to do business with you and he couldn't be more right. I mean, just great stuff.
0: Very cool. Yep, very cool. Um so let's let's come to a, a, another part of our of our show and talk about I talk about ancillary fees or value add fees. I'm going to talk about ancillary businesses like maintenance companies. Let's say I have a you know a lot of people struggle with that maintenance thing, but let's say you get it right. There's some technologies and software actually coming out. I had a a Kurt here with PM Toolbelt. There's some tech coming out to help make maintenance into real business. But how do you HRG evaluate maintenance divisions?
1: The, the same way. It, if it drives profit, uh, increases EBITDA, we're paying for that business. On a multiple, um, and there there are there are companies out there that aren't interested in maintenance business, but we think it's important. Um, you know, especially especially right now, Alex, where the, the 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 housing market is so good, and a lot of a lot of areas in the country they're building homes so quick, you can't find maintenance guys to do to do work. Sure, I know sure. I know property managers that have to wait a month to get um, a maintenance guy to do a turnover, and we have our own maintenance company, and the fact that we can, you know. Turn units over in three or four days, five days max. Uh, that's a that's a huge value add to our clients, which which makes them continue to bring us more money. So we think maintenance goes hand in hand with property management, and so we 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 value that and we we pay for it.
0: Yeah. So that's that's another part where less um, less people will are willing to pay for or willing to make. You know, work into this acquisition and an uh, appraisal of the business. But, but uh, you know,
1: just just word of caution. I mean, maintenance is. I I always always felt. I've always said that uh, you can fake it till you make it in property management, but you really can't do it in maintenance. And so I've seen. I've seen. Unfortunately, I've seen more people lose uh, lose their hat in maintenance than than, than have made it. That's so true. If, if you want to do something in maintenance, um, you know, have a great strategic plan in place. Put together a budget hire the right people don't be afraid to spend some money up front and do it right um, if you're trying to quote unquote fake it till you make it uh, it's gonna cost and I've just seen it so many times so I'd, I'd hate to be I'd hate to hit, sit here and tout maintenance and somebody says I'm gonna go do maintenance because it's gonna make my business worth more it actually could make it worth less uh, because I know a lot I know just as many people that lose money on maintenance, than, than make money, so just be careful with that.
0: Ah, so since you run a successful maintenance company, do you mind giving us a good two, three minutes, uh, uh, like a high-level wisdom? Do you make it a separate company, same
1: company? Do you right. combine payroll? How, how do you do it right? Well, there's, boy, that's another <laughs> three-hour podcast. Um, we, this is how we do it. And I'm not saying this is the best way to do it. We have one company, Park Place does maintenance. Um, we don't have a separate company. And there's pros and cons to that. Obviously, if there's an issue with the maintenance company, our company, you know, the property management company gets lumped into that lawsuit. But you save a lot of money, right? You don't have to get multiple insurance, in, insurance uh, you know, policies, et cetera. So you just kind of have to weigh that out and make sure you're doing you know, what's best for you, which makes the most sense to you. I would consult, I would consult a tax advisor. I would consult an attorney. And, you know, consult a mentor to get it set up the way that you think it's going to be the, the, the most beneficial to you. Um, but, you know, in, in my opinion, a great maintenance company is making good hires um, and having a good system and utilizing technology. When we've when we've done that, we've done really well in maintenance. Um, and when we haven't and then and then don't don't try to do everything. I, I mean, I, I see so many people in the maintenance try to, you know, try to get HVAC guy, a plumber, you know, blah, 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 do do things that you you know you can offer a good service at uh vendor out the rest and you'll you'll be fine
0: ah that i think that is a good one that is a really good so sure. focus on the strength of your team right now right right uh, and then expand as you see that begin to work but do you right. bundle the PL so so do you, does your maintenance company have its own pnl or is it
1: rolled no in? no it's all one come one P&L at 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 park place um, we, we do separate them internally so we can see how each, each division's doing month to month. But at the end of the, at the end of the month, when we do a consolidation, MDNA, it's uh, one P and
0: But you, yeah, you, you, but you track performance.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We use, uh, we use real time, uh, you know, flash reporting. I mean, we, we know what's going on in our maintenance vision every, every 20 seconds, our scoreboard updates. I mean, so having access to technology and information on how things are going is really important uh, to keeping your people uh, motivated to go out and do good maintenance because maintenance guys you give them you give them an hour to do an eight hour or uh, give them an hour to do an eight hour job, they'll get it done in an hour. If you give them eight hours to do one a one hour job, they'll take all eight hours to get that job done. So you've got to have those systems in place to keep them keep the quality in place. You know, that and that's where four and a half comes in. I mean we get very good feedback on our maintenance stuff through your um, reputation.com management, which is great, you know, falls on every maintenance request that happens, every move out, every move in, we're getting those, we're giving all that maintenance feedback and it, and it, and it really helps us kind of drive quality and uh, quantity.
0: Really, really good. I appreciate that, Andrew. Uh, one last question on maintenance. We, we can want to promise you, but the, you know, this is like a little bit of an interesting topic for a lot of people. So sure. one last question. Um, how do you know it's profitable if you sort of, you know, the only expense you run against that as a maintenance company would be what payroll, right? But other materials, there are other stuff. How do you know it's profitable? How do you know you make the money?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we break out a percentage of our, our, our lease. We break out a percentage of our, okay. our, of our, cause obviously what we, what we pay, um, our, our insurance companies for, uh, for maintenance guys to be out there doing maintenance work versus, you know, somebody that sits and in, sits inside and types on a computer, that's higher, that insurance is a lot higher, the workers' comp is a lot higher. So we, we have it all broken down into percentages and then we actually have real bills um, so we can figure out you know, what, what, what management is making versus what ma- maintenance is making. And we really focus on cost of goods. I mean, cost of goods sold is a, is a huge key indicator for our profitability. If you're, if you're not, if you're buying goods and selling them at the same price, it's a bad business model. So you've got to get that right
0: hey question for myself do you put payroll in cogs or no no yeah okay um, we put some payroll in cogs um, okay. and and in, uh, business. in your business yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, um, but anyway all right so let's 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 move on um, Maintenance. Yeah, I have about four other questions on maintenance, but maybe you and I should have a sit down on that. Um, I mean, i really want to kind of dig in, but I, I can't. We got to keep continuing yeah. the topic.
1: <laughs> yeah, no maintenance. It's it's a monster. I mean, we have thirty we have thirty park place trucks just just in There's one location running 30? all over Boise. Yeah, and um, it's crazy. I mean, you know, you got you got 4,200 homes. That's a, that takes a lot of people to uh, to keep that going.
0: But but look, I mean, just just one last observation: the impressions. You know how some marketers value things by impressions. I mean, people, you impress your brand upon hundreds of people with those vans. Oh, oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. Thousands. People call all the time and say you're driving too fast, or tools are falling out of the back of your truck, or and all that fun stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but then you also get uh, you know prospective clients. Absolutely. You know, so,
1: I'm just I'm just kidding you. Yeah. I mean, people think, oh my gosh, they're all over the place. Well, we really only have twenty or thirty trucks. Um, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of trucks all over the, this valley, but people people think we're all over the place. There's really not that many of. Them.
0: Do you have your face on a truck? A face? Yeah. Do you have your face like a big screaming Andy? You no. Know?
1: <laughs> okay. No, no, we don't. But the next one will for sure. All right. Next question: How do you
0: evaluate real estate sales division? So a smart. Let me just preface this. Okay, this is not just just a, just a question, but a smart property management company will have figured out maintenance, the next thing they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, we have all these investors. Let's help them buy properties. Let's help tenants get into new properties and buy more properties. Let's help uh, our, you know, people who are offloading sell properties. You know, there's tons of opportunity. In fact, the ratios I've done, Andy, on the average good property management company will sell one per year, one out of 20 and that's the best ones, one out of 50 is the medium ones. So one out of 50, so for every 20 units you manage, for every 50 units you manage, depending on how good you are at marketing, you'll sell one property a year. Okay. So how do you value sort of that successful real estate division that actually works and has continuity in history?
1: So yeah, the revenue driven by the brokerage would be obviously reflected in the bottom line of the P&L and it would be paid a multiple if, if we were buying. Some, some other people aren't interested in having, you know, real estate lumped in with their property management company. You know, at Home River Group, we think that's a large, a huge value. You're right. I mean, acquisition, management, disposition are, are three huge revenue sources uh, to a property management company if that's what that operator wants to do. We have not done real estate in Boise um, in the past, but we realize, just like you, now that we have the maintenance stuff done, we, we think that the next... Honestly, especially with with the sales market right now, the next big opportunity is brokerage. And so uh, we just last month started a brokerage division at Park Place or Home River Group Idaho.
0: That's, that is that that is so, so cool. So let me just do run a quick math, uh, if you don't mind. So for let's call you 4,000 profit. Well, not of everything because you have a lot of multifamily. That That, that, that is different. Would you uh-huh. say you have 2,000 single family or so? Uh, we have just over a thousand single family doors just over a thousand. okay, let's call it a thousand. So you have okay. a thousand properties and you sell you know for the first year to every you know every 50th you get the sale. Sure right And what, am I, what am I, my am my math is uh, um, do I need a calculator for that Nandy? Yes, I do. It that's is 20 sales. Um, 20 you know that's not huge in the grand scheme of things, but hey, that's 20 sales times what like six grand in in, in commission. Right? Yeah, you know, that's
1: 120K. Yeah, L- well, just- you gotta got pay some of that to an agent. Not all that rolls the bottom line. It depends if you have agents in house or not. But, you know, it, it could easily equal, if, you, if you've got a 20 or 30% profit margin, 30 or $40,000, and if you're paying a five times multiple on 30 or $40,000, it makes your business, you know, 100, 150, $200,000 worth mm. more, sell the thing.
0: Yes, that's if that's you mediocre. Okay, that's if you're just starting this out and word of mouth. But if you actually intent, in, in you have intent and you market to your your owners and tenants, you know every twentieth property will get, uh, will get sold by you in that given year, right? Which means, you know, it's fifty sales, right? And that times six
1: grand, that's, you know, that, that's double right? Yeah. So, so anyway, that so so guys, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could you, you could exit if you're doing. I mean, a, a small brokerage that does thirty to fifty doors a year, um, you know, and makes makes three hundred grand. I mean, yeah, that's 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 a lot of money.
0: Yeah, especially in those higher, uh, uh, you know, areas with higher values. I mean, here in, in in Northern California, right? If you sell a home, it's like uh, whatever. I you can retire for yeah. a year. <laughs> it's, a it's, a right. it's ridiculous. Okay, so. So again, when as when you sell into the right seller as a platform, those things are valued. Uh, one last thing on the real estate side, Andy, do you guys look at history? So, if all of a sudden people had all these transactions this year, but haven't had as many last year, do you, you kind of account for that? Or
1: yeah, I mean, there there might be a small adjustment, but um, you know, the, the the previous twelve months and the forward twelve months are uh, forward twelve months are what we're looking at the closest. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Good. Um, and, and that's just that's just us. I mean, there's there's like as as you know, there's companies out there trying to acquire. They don't want anything to do with maintenance. They don't want anything to do with brokerage. That's fine. That's their model, and and they've got, you know, some people can say no man can serve two masters. You got to focus on one and be the best at that. And there's a lot of truth to that. And it is nice. Property management is an entrepreneur's playground. If you ask me, there's so many different things you can go and directions you can go, but the the, the secret is picking the right one at the right time.
0: Yeah, focusing it, getting it right, getting get it, it right. almost perfect, you know, get, yep. and putting the systems behind it, putting the right talent in place, yep. and then move on to the next opportunity, right? Not not a squirrel. Yep. You and I talked about the squirrel. Oh, yep. next, next, next. And nothing gets done. Um, yep. What skills, Andy, what skills for someone who has aspirations, maybe sort of like you, somebody like me, somebody an entrepreneur, um, somebody has aspirations to do good work and not just make money necessarily. Mm-hmm. Let's say they mm-hmm. exit. I'd say it's five mil, whatever that is. Um, but they want to continue to contribute and, and, and be important and, be, and, and right. be part of something larger. What skills does a business owner need to possess in order to, say HRG, in order to for you guys to actually value them and want to employ them and continue to sort of uh, put them in the position of, of, of power and decision making?
1: Sure. Yeah, and, and, and believe it or not, I mean, the, the people that have contacted me about you know exiting the business um, aren't people that you would think wanting to, you know, they're not, they're not people at the twilight of their career and they just want to get out and do something else. Uh, they're, they're people that have built a good business and they feel a little bit stuck, right? They're like, I'm not sure what to do with this thing. I, you know, I know like I can grow it another thousand doors, but that's just a thousand doors and the next, you know, and they and it's just kind of an empty feeling. They want to be a part of something bigger and, uh, they want to contribute more. They want to, they want to be, um, they want to be heard. They want to have peers because when you're when you're running a business all the time and you're you know you're at the top of this business. It's lonely, run, man. You feel a little lonely. It's lonely. Right? I, I
0: know. And when I
1: say a little lonely, I mean incredibly lonely, especially yeah. in property management. And so the people that are calling me are the ones that are super qualified to run a bigger business, to do bigger things, but they feel like uh, they've been there, they've done that, and they want to do something more, and they want to they want they want a different challenge at times although they want to continue to stay in this business because it's treated them really well. That, that's, that's exactly what happened to me. That's my story. And 75% of the other people I talked to, same story. So well, those people, those people uh, are attractive, not only to us, but to other people, because you know, we, we have a new company we've merged, we've merged companies, we've purchased companies, we partnered with companies, but as, as our company grows, we need that talent. Uh, Locally nationally to help grow to help to to continue to help grow our business. So um, There yeah, we very rarely are we buying a platform and saying hey, you just stay there in You know Chicago and don't leave Chicago. Don't no. we're saying hey, you're doing something in Chicago. That's great Why don't you lead an initiative for us that we can that we can spread across all the country and make make us better? So there's a lot of opportunities out there like that not just with us, but with other companies. so.
0: So there's an exit as as an entrepreneur looking or potentially thinking of an exit, uh, this isn't necessarily a retirement thing. Yeah, you, yeah, you could, you could, I could sell a property management business, go do something else, and a lot of people have, which is fine. Right. Um. Or you can continue doing what you do and just just have more meaning assigned to it i have um you know we talk about 10x in your opportunity you know 10x in your responsibility 10x in your you know involvement uh right. your purpose whatever that sure. is one of them okay good i actually didn't know that that actually kind of is very interesting so is, is there like a core skill set besides oh, yeah you, yeah is a core skill set
1: you're looking for in that in those orders? you know well believe it or not i mean i mean right now it's 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 very a lot of the companies that we that we're underwriting to purchase or partner with, uh, it's very common to find people that are pretty strong operators, uh, good accounting, right? But one thing that we find is is more difficult to find in almost any market right now is organic growth. So uh, people that can grow their business organically are at a, a, a great premium anywhere in the market, right? Um, but you know somebody that somebody that has a solid a, a solid work ethic. Um, Great communication skills. I mean, these are things that are just like obvious, but uh, you you know, you, you've got to be able to have great accounting. You've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to build relationships, market yourself, return phone calls, work hard. You know, those those things are uh, much appreciated in this business, but rarely found.
0: Mm, got you. So uh, you know, I would take a quick quick uh, uh, sponsor break. We'll come back and talk about the. Uh, how much does operation efficiency and stellar team actually matter if you try to exit or get a, a good uh, appraisal for your business? But, you know, and you mentioned, you mentioned like, you you know, one of the bigger values is getting businesses who have established and proven organic growth. And, you know, as a founder, CEO of four and a half, that is sort of our uh, dream and our purpose is to build that, uh, that, 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 that sort of a, uh, um, the desirability of the business, the trust uh, uh, factor of the business. Because a lot of good business owners just don't know how to communicate that outward, right? It is implied, like, and they'll come to me, and they're upset sometimes. They're like, Alex, but we're the best. Alex, we're the best. These guys are crap. These guys are shish, you know, whatever. We're the best. You know, why aren't we growing? And, and it's they're angry. I'm not kidding you, Andy. Every day I have these com- – well, every other day I have these conversations. And and it's like, well, you know, you got to put – you know, you got to put it out there. Marcus Sheridan, right? They ask you answer. It's as simple as that. So we help with that. So, you know, we went from being in the garage five years ago to a 23-person company. We're very passionate about solving this one problem, which is growing property management companies. And we do it through creating videos and articles. That's number one, the content. You know, how do you become a trusted advisor? How do you actually let people know that you're the best? By not talking about it, that's for sure. Don't talk about you being the best. Talk about what you know and share your knowledge and your expertise. That's how, right? right. So um, we solve relationships. Uh, I'm sorry, we solve reputation through automation. And Andy talked about getting feedback from every single touch point you have with the client, managing Google AdWords, Facebook, Huge. paid marketing, Yelp, PPC, being uh, being PPC, all that stuff, setting up your sales process through CRM, email drip campaigns, Lead Simple, all the good stuff. Anyway, if you guys have any questions or you want to talk to four and half there's no cost there's you know we have tons of resources go
1: four and check it out all right Andy let's get back to it and hey I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll, a nice thing about a business like yours is when you do when you do hit pay dirt on your marketing and your organic growth right you start growing uh, and the stuff is working right you have if, if you don't have a company like yours helping with this kind of stuff the message doesn't stay consistent because you back off the message because growing your business to me is really easy. It's managing the growth, which is the difficult part, right? So once the message starts working, people back off the message because there's all this property coming at them. They got to stop. Uh, what's What's nice about what you guys do is you keep the message consistent and flowing uh, when it's working. Where if you're doing that, if you're trying to do what you guys do yourself, it just falls off once the property start going in. And so there's this up and down cycle of doors coming in, management doors coming in, management, um, which is not which is not desired. Mm,
0: very good. I appreciate the feedback, Andy. So let's let's dig in into how much does operational efficiency matter. So I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this. You know why? Because we already covered it up front. Right. right we talked about operational efficiency, and, and at least if you're looking to sell a business as a whole as a platform, even it is, you know income before taxes, depreciation is key. But do you give any premium, or do you recommend business owners start investing in so, some of the experimental technology
1: to really see if they can optimize operations, or or, or even VA's? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, VAs, we, we've, we've purchased companies that use VAs. Um, we've seen profit margins. there um, similar. Some, some are good, some are bad. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're huge on technology. So if there's a technology that drives, you know, more dollars to the bottom line, then, you know, that's, that's something that people should be looking at and trying to implement so they can, so they can increase their bottom line and get a higher multiple for their business. So. Um, You know, operational efficiencies are great for us because, again, we're trying to build a business and get best practices across all all the country. And I don't know everything. Our partners don't know everything. But together, we're pretty we're pretty dangerous. Right. And so when we continue to add other people to our platform that do stuff, that's really good and use technology, that's that's unique, that works. uh, one One thing that is nice about that is we can see the dollars and cents attached to the technology where. You go to a NARPM class. They say, "Man, you've got to switch to this this particular platform and technology because you make so much money." Well, the nice thing about what we get to do is we get to actually see the dollars and cents flow in, so we can make very, uh, you know, very conscious, educated decisions on what technologies we implement versus which ones we don't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, operational efficiencies are great, um, especially if they're driving more revenue to your bottom line. If you're, if your focus is to sell your business. If you're if you're if your focus is not to sell your business, your focus is to, you know, get a business that runs without you, Technology is great there too. I mean, it just depends on what you want to
0: do. So you should do it anyway. Uh, and if you're list,
1: if you're listening to this podcast thirty minutes in, you're probably interested in exiting one day. So you're probably <laughs> interested. <laughs> it's forty four minutes in, Andy, are you kidding me, man? Time flies. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you know. As I said, you know the most interesting people. We could sit on a flight to New Zealand and just not shut up for thirteen hours and talk about
1: stuff. And, it, um, yeah, and it's it's such a big topic, and there's so much, there's so many paths we could go down, right? So,
0: um, let me. This is near and dear to me. I'm a big sort of proponent in. Team, you know, a happy team, happy customers, happy shareholders. Sure. That sort of mentality, and that's been impressed on me by lots of other really good companies I work for. But how much does a really good team matter, Andy? Because a lot of times I hear, and let me just express the concern. What I hear is uh, people who are looking to acquire, and you know, I I talk to hundreds of property managers, so I hear all these things in their feedback. You know, and I don't share any personal information ever, never. But yeah. there's a sense that I get. People like you know they're gonna downsize the team. They really don't care about the team that much. They want to have one couple stars in there, and the rest doesn't really matter. I,
1: I, I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, it's it's the most important part in oh, my I opinion. Love it. Okay, let's uh, talk about it. Because because if you have a good team that cares about what they do, that's going to be reflected in the bottom line. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, if you build a good team and a good system, that's gonna that's gonna be reflected in the bottom line. The companies, the companies that we've bought at low multiples um, that, are, that, are, that are struggling, um, it's because they don't have a good team and a good system. And we, are, we typically aren't interested in buying the team, the team stays behind, the properties come with us, and then we add a good team and a good system. So if you want max dollar, uh, you've gotta spend time on you know, innovation, um, changing your business, making it better on a daily basis, and most important, the most important part of your company is your people and educating them because that's there there's 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 companies that we've bought strictly for the bodies that are there uh, because we needed people there and we you know the, the doors were just a nice bonus so uh, cultivate your people cultivate your business and you'll you'll get macked up you'll, it'll 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 reflect itself in the bottom line no well, doubt
0: very good very good um, okay you have another 5 minutes in you
1: yes and i and i and I have I, I I kind of in preparation for this, I uh, was on a on a plane uh, two nights ago. I put together kind of a list of where uh, might be interested to go over as far as positioning your business. So we've under we've underwritten many businesses in the last year, and um, there's there's a few things that I see on a regular basis that kind of trip up the process. And I don't know if that's something you want me to share. Sure, with you let's or,
0: let's go through the list. Yeah, yeah, man, of
1: course. I mean, I still want to answer all your questions, but
0: uh, that's fine. Uh, we, we don't have. Yeah, you know, I actually want to hear your list. What what do you got? Okay. Here?
1: So let's let's see. So believe it or not, um, there's 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 been a number of businesses that we've looked at in the past few years. And if you talk to any 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 banker that's that's writing SBA loans, um, there's 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 always some struggles with accounting. Um, n- none of that stuff is d- deal, deal killers, but you know we, you want to you want to try to at least have property management companies reconcile their accounts on a monthly basis. Um, so you know clean data is important. When you're, when you're trying to sell your business. So these are, these are great things to kind of keep in the back of your mind and make sure that you're, you're doing it in your business if you want to sell this thing one day, right? So uh, clean financials, reconciled financials, clean data. You know, does, are you able to get good reports out of your system, deposit liability reports, trust account balance reports, historical unit counts? I can't tell you how many people don't have any access to their system to see how many units they managed six months ago, one year ago, Two years ago. So, you know, people that are buying your company want to see the activity, the growth. Um, data entry formatting. Uh, this is something so simple like uh, at the end of your, if you're adding a new tenant, is it street? Is it ST? Uh, is it ST period? And when you're importing and exporting a lot of data, um, it's really important to have that right. Uh, very rarely do we look at companies that have a strategic plan in place or a budget. And those things are really important, especially if, especially if you're selling your business on a go-forward basis, where you're staying around. You know, we we want to we want to see what those numbers look like today, yesterday, and most importantly in the future. Um, one thing that uh, we see on a regular basis is a large amount of receivables. So uh, you'll have a bunch of owners that owe you money, a bunch of tenants that owe you money, and it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which uh, you know could be a problem when you're trying to sell your business, you you might have to do something there to make that right before the business sells. Um And then you know, obviously, with our company, we buy businesses at little to no debt. if you have if you're selling a portfolio, things things like uh, a budget, a strategic plan plan aren't as important. Where things are important is you got to have your management agreements current. So there's a lot of people that are that are managing their properties on expired management agreements, and that might drive your value down. Mm-hmm. And it might have a lot of receivables. So those are just the little quick two minutes of things that we see on a regular basis when we're looking at these companies. Not deal killers by any, mean, by any means, Alex, but something that um, uh, we see a lot. And so if you're thinking about selling your business, uh, you know, tomorrow, a year from now, five years, 10 years from now, there's just some things to look at to try to get right. Because I don't think no matter who buys your business, those the, the cleaner those things are the better the better price you're going to get
0: yeah yeah the, the, the it's called the financial and the data hygiene um right you know got to start er, early and, and, and get it right so right. so that's actually a very good list i think that might be the one of the most thing helpful things on the podcast and what we'll do is on the write-up and on the um in the notes we'll make sure, sure that we bullet bullet point those i think that's those are easy but i think overlooked as you as you as you noted.
1: Believe it or not, I mean it. Just it just seems like so simple, and like you like with Marcus, the the, the simplest things are the best things. Um, but if you're not consciously thinking about doing that stuff, then it just doesn't happen. Mm. To- All
0: right, let's we we sort of on the tail end of this, but I I do want to sort of get some of your advice for people who are looking to sell in the next 12 months or sooner. You know, maybe give me a, a, sort of like a, a, a synopsis on the best way to advertise. You know, so, uh, solicit and and receive bids, evaluate bids. You know, right? I'm ready to sell. What do I do,
1: man? I I think I think you um, I think you first start by going. You know, if you're if you're a member of a trade organization, that's a great first start, in my opinion. Uh, go go talk to other property managers, see what's going on in the market, see what people are paying for co- property management companies, so you can kind of give get an idea. Just just like, for example, if you're you know, a lot of a lot of property managers or real estate agents, right? You you're going to do some comparative market analysis, and the best place to start is with the association. I think, uh, go talk to those guys, see what's going on in the market. You know, there's guys uh, like like us at Home, Home River Group, uh, Renters Warehouse, Property Frameworks, uh, and the list goes on and on of people that are trying to do this on a national basis. Those are those are great contacts. I mean, you know, typically if somebody if somebody's interested in selling. We'll at least have an initial conversation with them. Try to get their, get an idea of uh, when they want to sell, and then kind of give them an idea when we're available to kind of underwrite their underwrite their business. You can talk to business brokers. You can talk to accountants. You can talk to bankers. Um, all these people are really good at helping you understand what your business is worth. And if and and if you come up with a number that makes sense to you, that might make sense to the market. You've got to go out there and let people know that that's happening. And um, you know, you don't have to contact a business broker to, to do that. There's a lot of people that do, um, but you know, obviously those that there's a, there's a fee for that. They they take that's how they make their money is they they take a portion of your business that you sell it for, and they and they put that in their pocket. So a lot of people that have property management companies they're good salesmen themselves, and so maybe they don't need that. But I don't want to take that away from any business brokers out there.
0: Sure. sure. Um, all right, man. That's, that's, this was uh, this was illuminating in a lot of ways. To be honest with you, it's uh, it's a good subject. And Andy, Andy, before we uh, before we leave, just I want to say, give people a a, ch- a way to find you. How do people
1: get in contact with you? Those who might be interested to work with you on this. Oh well, boy, that's that's nice. Uh, you can you can reach me um, anytime on my email a props a p is in Paul r o p is in Paul s is in Sam t is in Tom at homeriver.com, or uh, you can reach me by phone at 208-921-6963, and I'm happy to chat chat with you, uh, answer questions, do whatever whatever we can do to help. I mean, you know, we, we try to help property management companies uh, anywhere. I mean, our, our biggest competitor as property managers is not each other, it's the do-it-yourselfer. Mm. Uh, we work together to get that guy convinced that we offer great services, because by gosh, we do. Uh, so. I don't care how it happens. We, we can we can get there together.
0: Yep. Um, all right, Andy. Really, I, I appreciate your time and your energy you brought here. Guys, hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one.
1: Thanks, Alex.